Hello there. Welcome to Book Talk. This is Anthony, and I'm your host today. And uh, I'm wondering, are you in business? Or are you contemplating of being in business at some point in your life? <laughs> if you are not right now, then this is your episode because we have someone who is an entrepreneur and not only an entrepreneur, he knows and he likes helping other entrepreneurs. So I'm going to introduce to you Bobby Albert. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be on your show today. Yes, we are really honored to have you here. And for the viewer to know, uh, Bobby Albert is an entrepreneur, as I said before, but and he's uh, been with 12 companies and uh, acquired, he started 12 companies and acquired others nine and has grown a business from five employees into over 150 member. Uh, and he is still continuing to teach other people. He is an author, he is a speaker, he's a, a coach, and he's written three books being the author. And today we are going to be looking at one which is known as True North Business. So I believe we are going to have a great time and not only, not only a great time, we are going to have some insight that is going to help you in your entrepreneurship journey. Now, as uh, John Maxwell said, everything starts and, and ends on leadership. And so it's very important, whatever it is that you plan to do in business, to imagine yourself being a leader and a competent and fluent leader. So we are blessed to have Bobby with us here. Welcome. And uh, let's continue. Let us get to know a bit more uh, about you, Bobby. Well, uh, perhaps maybe I... Uh can uh, share this. And it's interesting you bring up about John Maxwell because uh, I've become a friend of John Maxwell. I was actually, uh, uh, I was one of 16 people that he mentored for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, it was a pleasure to be under his mentorship. But Perhaps I can share this with you is that when I was 20 years old, life was good. Yeah. I had just graduated from our local university. I became engaged to marry my wife. Life was indeed very good. And, but there is one evening I will never forget. Uh, I was playing foosball with my college buddies. When a friend came up to me and said, Bobby, your dad's in the emergency room. He had a heart attack. So we rushed to the hospital and upon seeing. Oh, I think we have a deep breath and said. Sorry, I think we had a connection issue. Let, yeah, go on, go on. Uh, he drew in a deep breath and said, I, could, I couldn't save him. Well, my mom and I were absolutely stunned. In an instant, I became the leader of our small five-employee business, 
Soon I discovered we were heavy in debt. All the debt was short-term. In other words, it was due in less than a year. And our debt was about the same as our total gross revenue. Not good. I mean, financially, we were way upside down. Mm -hmm. I was in crisis mode every day, much like we're all experiencing today during these challenging health and economic times. And however, we survived and thrived and ultimately grew to over 150 employees, like you mentioned, Anthony. Mm -hmm. And But I, I learned that through those tough times that everyone can build a successful life and a business and uh, uh, by applying leadership principles and practices uh, in not only in their life, but all in their family, but also in their, uh, in their business. Mm, yeah, and, and that is very important. Uh, I mean, when you can be having that uh, principles, those principles and those values that are going to take you through some challenging times, especially like we are observing right now in uh, through the pandemic. And yeah. uh, if you can come out shining from those challenging times, then you come out with lessons that you are able to share with others to get them through that. And so, uh, how did you how did you consider that you found yourself in a business that? Uh, had some debt that is equivalent to your overall value of your business? Well, uh, you know, uh, I sold my uh, company in 2011 mm -hmm. to a publicly traded company on the stock market. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were very fortunate that from 2005 to 2011, uh, we experienced uh, revenue and profit growth of 500% mm -hmm. during that time period, which is yeah. extraordinary. And that was during the time with what they call here in the United States, they call the Great Recession, mm -hmm. uh, because from late 07, 08, uh, 2009, 2010, uh, the economy, uh, I know here, especially in the United States, was it was in the tank. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people lost their business or lost their jobs during that time period. But sti still at that, we grew our company uh, by 500% in revenue and profits. Yeah. And, and when I sold my company in 2011, I, I started what I call today my second half of life mm -hmm. uh, because for years, I mean, for many years, uh, I was in, you know, trade associations uh, across the country was asking me to come in and speak and uh, to teach on that my leadership style and on our workplace culture that we had uh, in my in my company, uh, because our culture was, if I can maybe say this, was like our secret sauce mm -hmm. uh, in, in our company. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
when I sold a company, if you came uh, to our place of business and walked around and talked to the employees, they would they would talk with you as though they own the company and not Bobby Albert. Yeah. And you, you just can't buy that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, that has to build over time uh, to be able to develop a culture where people uh, really, when they came to work every day, they came to work with, you know, excitement, with enthusiasm, with a passion and, uh, they actually desired to show up every day. Yeah. And, and, and I tell you what, I talk to a lot of business people, business leaders, you know, they're having a hard time getting employees to show up They're you know, especially nowadays, uh, a hard time finding people. They're losing some of their best employees uh, are going off, you know, to another job or, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I am coaching, uh, you know, leaders, business leaders, uh, typically when, when they call me up, usually the first thing that they say, they say, Bobby, uh, I want you, I, I, I want you to come in and fix my people. Now in Texas, we use the word fix, yeah. you know, so they, so they, they, their thought is that it's their employees that need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, I mean, the sad truth is the leader is the one that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And I have to, I have to help them look in the mirror mm -hmm. to see uh, the real truth that they are the ones that need to be fixed before we can do anything else. Yeah. If, if I, if I can't help that leader, uh, get past that, I, I, I can't help them. Uh, because if they think it's their people's problems, yeah. uh, then I, I can't help them. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it's a uh, human nature to always, uh, think and say that the other person is the one who is in the wrong, is the one that is not doing things right. So exactly, I, I won't ask you to come and fix me in order that uh, the things that are around me can be fixed. I will ask you to come and help me fix that all over. So, so I, I understand that and we get that, that um, many leaders have that challenge of thinking that it's the things that are the problems, the products that are the problem is the employees that are not doing their work. And, and how do you get them? I mean, how do you come to convince them that they are the ones who need the fixing? Well, uh, it, <laughs> it's not easy. You <laughs> yeah. know, I've just learned to ask very, uh, uh, a lot, lots of questions mm -hmm. uh, to help uncover uh, actually, uh, I'm helping them uncover the real truth Yeah. because for me to just stand there and say, you're the problem is not going to go over well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I have to, you know, take them through a process and sometimes it takes more than uh, one meeting mm -hmm. with them to help them understand that they need to be open to change uh, you know, their leadership style, uh, 
And because so many, I'll be honest with you, so many of them are, there's a big difference between a leader and a manager. Yeah. Lead, leaders lead people. Mm -hmm. Managers manage the things of the business. Yeah. And it's not either or. I mean, you need both. Yeah. Uh, you need both leaders and manager. And I, you know, uh, I was very strong in leadership, but I knew I had to surround myself with excellent managers mm -hmm. because they did a better job than I did at managing the things of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we, we use a term that I actually have in the book called on and in. Okay. And uh, what we mean by that is to work on your business while you're working in your business. Ah. And, and what I have found uh, is that 85% uh, of people that identify as leaders, we, I'm, I'm using leaders in a general term here, but are working as hard as they can every day working in the business mm -hmm. and they don't spend any time working on the business. Yeah. There's so there's only a small number of, of leaders that are working on the business while they're working in the business. And it, a lot comes to, uh, I speak to so many leaders that are so focused on uh, the urgent things and not the important things. Mm -hmm. And even in people in their, in our personal lives, we, we seem to, you know, the, the fire that's burning in front of us right now is an urgent thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just get really focused on it. Okay. Well, uh, we seem to, that seems to consume all of our time and we have no time left over to focus on what's really, really important. Mm -hmm. So I, so I, you know, part of this, once the leader uh, finally begins to see that Bobby, uh, I'm open to change my changing in my leadership style mm -hmm. and and Anthony, it, it really kind of starts with uh, what I share with these leaders that made our culture so unique mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, let's take like the traditional organization chart that's in a, in a business, you know, where the boss is at the top and then they got a leadership team and it just keep, you know, supervisors and goes to like frontline people or at the bottom of the organization chart. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we had that in our company because people needed to understand uh, roles and responsibility. But the attitude, and this goes, I mean, Anthony, we're talking about going all the way back to the 1980s. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Anthony, I don't know if you were even born yet, you know, uh, yet then, so... Uh, but, uh, uh, I took that traditional organization chart and turned mm -hmm. it upside down okay. and I put me at the bottom of the organization chart. Mm -hmm. 
And I took on the attitude that I was there to serve and equip and develop the leadership team. They knew that it was their responsibility to serve and equip and develop, you know, the people that reported to them all the way uh, to the top of the organization. Mm -hmm. And so the frontline people were the ones at the top of the organization chart. And even above that was the customer. Yeah. So everyone learning how to work together and serving each other uh, as a team, eventually the customer is the one's going to get served with, you know, premier service. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we had a the, the on and in that I mentioned, we actually had a physical button in our company called on and in, okay. but we also had another physical button called inside outside. Mm -hmm. And now this is not in the book, but this is just, this is something extra, you know, here, okay. but uh, what that inside outside it, it, the, the phrase that came with it is our service to our external customer mm -hmm. can only be as good as our service to each other internally. Wow. Mm -hmm. In other words, we taught our people that how to serve each other internally. Okay. So that internally, so externally, we're going to be able to take care of the customer. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's an inside outside. That's really what, you know, the, the button was, you know, that's re and we actually misspell the word intentionally, the word inside, it was the letter in letter in with the, you know, inside <coughs> outside. Okay. So, but what it was, we taught our people how to see, uh, who their internal customer was inside the company. Ah. <clears throat> and um, I, I, how I, uh, the first time I introduced this, and this was in the 1990s, that's a long time ago. It's a long time, long time. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, what I used, a, a, what I call a baton exercise. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, of, uh, one of the key leaders in the company helped me design a, a baton. You know, a baton is yeah. like in a, in a relay race, you know, like he passed the baton, mm -hmm. you know, to the next runner and, you know, you keep running around the track, uh, you know, so you complete whatever the distance is in that race. Mm -hmm. But this, I tell you what, this, baton it, it 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 was probably the ugliest baton you've ever seen in your whole life <laughs> right and and what 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 they did they took it, it's kind of embarrassing for me to describe it how ugly it was okay. but but uh they took uh you know on toilet tissue the rolls you know the the cardboard rolls they took two cardboard rolls put mm -hmm. them together and wrapped them in duct tape. Okay. And uh, on the ends were the ugliest streamers of different colors on both ends. Mm -hmm. So 
the way we helped our people understand how, you know, you know, everybody in the company, you have your own job to do. Yeah. But you're also interconnected with everyone else mm -hmm. in the company. And, and what, what I was observing and what I see in a lot of businesses today is people work in silos. In other words, they, it's like blind, blinders. They, they say, okay, I'm just doing my job. I don't care what all this other stuff's going on, but I sure wish they would do it. The other people talking about blaming, the, the other people in the company, I wish they would do a better job. Okay. And, and uh, but what we helped our people learn is uh, when I did this baton exercise, I would have, you know, in most businesses, it starts with a sale. Nothing happens until somebody sells something. Mm -hmm. So I took like a, someone in sales. I started with them with the baton and I asked them to stand up and walk across the room to, for example, to uh, uh, operations. Uh, and because what's, what's going on is the salespeople are saying, well, the people in operations are not delivering what the customer, what I've told them the customer is looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, the uh, operations people are saying, well, the salesman, if they would do a better job in the information they gave us, uh, I, we could deliver, uh, what, what they promised the customer. You, you can see the arguments going back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, of course operations, when they got through with the job, then they pass it on to accounting, you know, uh, or bookkeeping and some organizations for them to take care of building the customer, you, you know, so, but, everybody is typically living in these silos and they're not thinking how we all play on the same team. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in team sports, uh, you, you, you can tell, uh, uh on it, let, let's take like, you know, right now in, in the United States, uh, football is a big thing. Yeah. And, and you can just imagine that, uh, you know, that uh, somebody on the team, you know, that's playing a, a particular role, blame someone else on the team, not doing their job and, you know, guarding, you know, guarding the, the quarterback or, you, you know, you could just go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've learned is in business, do you have a, a, do, do you have individuals on a team? This is kind of a play on words, so you have to listen real close. Do you have individuals on a team or a team of individuals? You have individuals on a team or a team of, of individuals. It, there's a huge gap between those two. Yeah. And... Uh, what happens that you, I, I see this often in, in professional sports mm -hmm. is that when you have, I'm talking about team professional sport, okay. when you have several people uh, 
you know, like in football, you've got 11 players on the, on the field at a time. Yeah. But if each one of those 11 players are more interested in them, in themselves, they're individual, they're on this team there. There's 11 of them out there, mm-hmm. but they're all more interested in themselves, not the best, what's best for the team. For the team, yeah. But, and, and, and those people, they'll win games, but they're never going to win the championship. Mm-hmm. But the team, the, the, the professional, let's continue on about football, the ones that play as a team and they're all working <clears throat> for the same uh, objectives together as a team, regardless of the role they have, they're mm-hmm. there to help each other. Uh, they're, they're still individuals, but they're there to play for the whole team. Yeah. And that's where you get team of individuals and they're going to, those teams are the ones that will come closest or sometimes will even uh, win the championship. Yeah. And there's something here I want us to get very clear. When you teach the employees to serve one another, serve each other, in what areas? I mean, is it only, I mean, if you have a product, you're serving the other one based on the products that you're producing or a service that you're giving, or you are serving one another even outside of the work environment. I mean, family issues and which areas? Well, it's, it's fascinating you're asking, if I understand your question, is that when people begin to uh, learn how to serve each other internally. Mm-hmm. It spills over into their personal relationships. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of these people, you know, some of our employees had relationships outside of work, mm-hmm. you know, but it also spills over in their family and their family relationships. Uh, and if I might share this, uh, is that it, it's a really, it's a demonstration of God's love in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And people are really hungry for that mm-hmm. because they can't find it anyplace else. Yeah. It, the basis of, of, you know, me turning the organization chart upside down, it's, it's what Jesus said to his disciples, I come to serve and not be served. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it makes sense when uh, all the employees uh, serve one another and have that mentality that uh, for me to be leading, I need to be the one who is serving, and, and especially in the leadership team. Yeah, well, just think about this. Yeah. The traditional organization chart, what it tells the employees, if that's all they know, it tells the employees they're there to serve who? Mm-hmm. The, the person at the top yeah. of the organization chart. Mm-hmm. Not serve each other, not even serve the customer. Yeah. And, and so many business leaders I talk to, uh, the reason why they think it's their employees that are the problem mm-hmm. is because the employees are supposed to be there to serve the boss at the top of the organization chart. Mm. Yeah, and in your book, you talk about uh, two common leadership problems. I mean, 